on today's Question of Faith. What are you giving up for Lent? Hey everybody, I am Mike Hayes. I am the Director of Young Adult Ministry. This is Question of Faith. And I'm Father Damien Ferentz, the Vicar for Evangelization. And before we get into our Lenten stuff... Yes? Uh, it's National Marriage Week. Maria Wancata paid me 50 bucks to make sure I said that. So uh, happy, happy National Marriage Week to my wife, first of all, because, mm-hmm. you know, my couch isn't comfortable, so I'm going to make sure I say that. Uh, but today, February 7th, if you're listening uh, another time, starts National Marriage Week, and uh, World Marriage Day is February 12th. So, you know, it's an opportunity to focus on building uh, a culture of life that begins with, um, you know, the union of one one man, one woman. And so the... Uh, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops uh, have a bunch of resources out there on four-year marriage, uh, and so look that up. It's great. Yeah, and if you don't follow our Marriage and Family Life office on social media, we'll make sure to put the, that link in the uh, in the show notes. They, I, I, I really like the reflections they've been putting out lately on the um, the Instagrams. Yeah, they've been hitting it hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been good. It's very cool. Maria's doing a great job, and uh, as well as Terry, of course. Also, director. Yeah, we should say it is February, which is uh, Black History Month. Although November is Black Catholic History Month, mm. February is Black History Month. Uh, and if you're not aware, we do have. Uh, Black Catholics Cleveland um, Instagram account that ah. you ought to follow if you haven't followed it yet. Yes. They've been putting out some cool stuff the last few days, too. So we'll also link that. Yep, absolutely. Cool. cool. Very nice. On to Lent, if we would. Okay, so, we're uh, almost there. So, you know, I did a little survey of friends and said, hey, what was the best thing that you ever gave up for uh, You ever gave up for Lent? What was the worst thing that, you know, that just didn't work out that you tried to give up for Lent? Um and I had some interesting things to say. My favorite one was uh, my friend Donna said, I fasted one year from store-bought bread. Mm. She goes, but here was the problem. She goes, I made bread instead at home, but the bread was so good that we ate it all, and I had to make more bread. Oh. <laughs> so she was like, it didn't quite work out as mm. much as I would have liked it to. Um, the one that spoke to me most was uh, about the worst one was uh, things that impose a cost on my family – Never worked out. Mm. So I would say, you know, uh, any time commitment that you know that I tried to make would take time away from my family. Like, I'm going to go home every day and I'm going to stop by the Adoration Chapel. He mm-hmm. said, that's a good idea in theory. So he goes, except my wife had to take care of the kids and do extra driving because mm-hmm. I had to stop on my way home because I had to figure out another way to do this. Mm-hmm. And he goes, so I moved it to the morning, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. He goes, so this way it didn't impose a time limit on, my, on his family. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? What are some of the Worst ones, maybe, that you, that you tried. I once tried to give up cheese for Lent. You know, someone mentioned that. That's really? funny, yeah. They said it was hard. but <laughs> Well, it was when I was a parish priest, and it made it very difficult for the cook, and so that, didn't, that actually didn't last. It wasn't good because she cooked with a lot of cheese, and it wasn't an overabundant amount, but that was a, a common ingredient, so it wasn't helpful for the household and my brother priest in the rectory. Um I used to give up TV, and I would wrap my television set in a, uh, a purple cloth and put my icon of Jesus in front of it. But I don't watch a lot of TV anymore. If anything, I watch videos on YouTube. But uh, yeah, I've had I've had uh, good lunch and good experiences with fasting, and others that haven't been as good. So I'm hoping this year is a good experience. Yeah, with fasting. same. Yeah. And I know it's also prayer and almsgiving too. But right. I think today we're talking about 
the fasting yeah, portion of it. Most, maybe mostly, yeah. With mm-hmm. some, uh, it's funny you mentioned TV. That's what I'm going to try to do this year is I'm going to give up crap TV. Oh, and what, what defines that? Yeah, that's uh, well, yeah, it's hard to define, but you know it when you see it. You know, it's uh, for my <laughs> wife and I, a lot of times we'll just put the television on. Oh, I right? see. You know, and, and sometimes maybe even to avoid a conversation, right? Yeah. Um, but I find that, like, when we watch something that's, like, really good – like, we're really into it and everything else. But when we watch, like, you know, one of these home improvement shows or something, which we watch way too many of, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, do we really need to watch this? Yeah. You know, could, couldn't we have spent our time better? Um, and so I'm just going to try to think about that intentionally. I'm like, well, what's what's really on this TV? And do we need to watch it right now? Or can we go and do something else? Mm-hmm. Can we go and exercise? Could we go and read a book? Could we go for a walk? Could yeah. We that, do whatever. That's know? true of music and art and mm. television. Like, you, you want to... Spend your time intentionally looking and listening to things that are actually going to make you a better man, better woman, better Christian, um, not just to numb your brain, you know? So that's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, I think that's what's at least going to be one of mine. I'm going to take a page. I'm going to try to do a bunch of things. So I'm going to. Take a page from our buddy Maria Wincata. I'm going to try to fast from the elevator, but I think I'm going to, oh. I'm going to do this in stages. And it's okay mm-hmm. if I have to, if I have to go one floor, like our floor where yes. we are right now on the sixth floor. I have the floor our offices are on are on the fifth floor. It's really only one yeah, flight. Come on, how many times do I actually take the elevator? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> no, you've walked down with us. I, a few I've walked, yeah. Especially if, you, if it's me and Maria. If, yeah, if you guys yeah. walk down, I walk down with yeah. you. So you've inspired me. So congratulations. Well, thank you. And uh, but if I'm on my own, I sure as heck will push that elevator mm-hmm. button. Um, so we're gonna try to at least at least start with one flight and then work my way up to two and then work my way up to three. You know, like maybe when I'm coming in in the morning, I'll I'll go up to the second floor and then just take the elevator from there. Um, because my, my knee, my hip isn't what it used to be. So I, I have to be careful. So, yeah. But I think I can make it to five. Ironically, I live in an apartment building. I'm also on the fifth floor. Mm. So I can kind of balance this out on both ends there. So And you could meditate on the five wounds of Christ as you walk the five flights of stairs. Very nice. I'm going to remember mm-hmm. that. There you that's, go. That's good. I have a friend who's a physical therapist. Actually, mm. she listens to the show regularly down in Abingdon, Virginia. Mm. Um, good Catholic woman, wife, mom, um, an excellent athlete. And her company is called Inertia, which, you know, objects in motion stay in motion. Uh-huh. So she'll say it's very important to keep moving. Yes. Always keep moving. So, yeah, the more you move, the better you are. And when you stop moving, then your body starts to break down. Yes. So more movement, the better. Yes, an object at rest tends to remain at rest mm-hmm. also. That's it. Yeah, yeah, those are the two principles. Yeah. I never even took physics, and I know that. <laughs> That's so, great. I know Aristotelian physics, though, although mm. no one cares about that anymore. <laughs> heat, heat goes up, cold goes down, you know. Interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? Are you um, what are you thinking about taking Yeah, I've got uh, – it's good to first of all I want to say it's good that we're thinking about these things in advance because yeah. you want to be prepared for Lent. So when it comes you're like I know what I'm doing, I have a plan. So I've done one of these before and the other one I'm adding because of uh a recent affinity to the thing itself and that is I'm going to give up alcohol for Lent, which I've tended to do in yeah. recent years. Um I think it's good for me. I think it's good even to keep in mind those even, you know, Sometimes priests um, can struggle with alcohol, so keeping brother priests in mind. Um, And then the other one is chocolate, dark chocolate specifically. Mm. I have found myself loving dark chocolate. The older I get, I think the more I like 
bitter, strong tastes. Huh. Like when I was young, I didn't like dark chocolate. My godmother always ate them. Like, yeah. why would you like dark chocolate? Ugh, milk chocolate. But now I don't even want milk chocolate. I only want dark chocolate. So I think it'd be something to refrain from so that when Easter comes, I can truly savor the sweetness of the resurrection mm. uh, in in dark chocolate, especially like dark chocolate covered pretzels, dark chocolate mm. covered almonds, dark chocolate covered um, coffee beans, mm. and then like a, maybe a Manhattan on, on uh, after the Easter vigil, drink a Manhattan. Mm. Mm. But I think no no booze, which includes wine and beer, mm. and no dark chocolate for Lent. I think that's what the Lord's calling me to do. Nice. I try to do a, a food of some sort uh, every year as well, and so I have, and I used to have, and and I think I've kind of kicked this already, so this won't be too much of a challenge. But um, it's so much easier for me to walk into Dunkin' Donuts, which is right next to our office, which yes. is really dangerous in our building. In our building, mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, I don't even have to walk outside. You know, I can right. walk through the building and get there. Um, and I would just, like, grab a breakfast sandwich. So I've been making a frittata already every mm. morning, so I'm sort of prepping for this in advance. And I think I'm just going to try to keep that up so I don't even walk in there. Um, the other thing that I eat, that, you know, that I do ha- do a lot is, you know, booze would not be hard for me to give up. I'm not a big drinker, you know. Mm. Every once in a while I'm fine. My, my dad was the same way. Mm. You know, if beer was in the house, he drank it. If mm-hmm. it wasn't, he didn't. It mm-hmm. was not a big deal to him. Um, and I'm the same way. Um, but diet soda certainly is something that kind of keeps hmm. me going, you know, and so I'm trying to find new ways to you know, stay awake. Number one, get more sleep might be yeah. the first way to do that. Do you drink coffee? I've never even no, noticed. Okay. not at all. Yeah. So you're like my brother. My brother loves diet soda or diet Mountain Dew, and that's where yeah. he gets his caffeine to me. There's there's nothing attractive about that, so that would be really easy to give up. If I had to give up coffee, that that could be difficult. Um, yeah, I but I don't. I didn't feel like the Lord called me to give up coffee this time. <laughs> I think three, three that would be a lot. It's and, it's funny. Yeah. I never drank coffee in my life. I don't know why. I just never did. It was not. My dad drank coffee, but not not to an extent. You know, like he didn't have to have it every morning or anything. So it just wasn't something. We're Irish too, so tea was much oh, yeah, bigger. Yeah, was much sense. bigger than coffee. Like Kayla Gill. Yeah, exactly right. Um, but when I went to El Salvador, um, you know, coffee is a staple there. Sure. It's rude not to drink it, right? You know, and so I was, so I, was like, oh, I guess I got to drink this. Yeah, they're picking and, the coffee beans right out. Yeah. In the field next yeah, to you. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, I don't even like going to, the, to, to like a Starbucks or anything, so I don't even like mm. the smell of coffee, no. right? Yeah, I know people love it. I'm so weird. Yeah, that is weird. And uh, But I remember I, I said, well, I guess I have to drink this. And one of my students put her hand on my shoulder, and she goes, Mike, your life is about to get so much better. Mm. <laughs> and I have to say, I did like it in mm-hmm. El Salvador, and then I came back here and tried coffee at a couple of different places. I was like, what is this swill that you were uh, giving me? This is not what I had in El Salvador. Well, I loved the smell of coffee as a kid. I never drank it, though. Mm. My dad drank it, and I liked the smell, but I think I tried it and thought, this tastes terrible. And like you, I was a tea drinker until I think I was 32 or 33. Mm. And I went on vacation with a good, my good buddy, Rich McCarthy, and his family. We were in Delaware. And his wife is first-generation Italian. And there's always cappuccino and there's always uh. ca- cafe americano. There's, and all, they had no tea. It was only coffee. 
And I said, well, I got to have something hot in the morning with caffeine, so I'll have this. And maybe it's because my dad drank like a low-grade coffee and also he let it sit around for a couple of days and just reheated it in the microwave, oh. whatever. Oh. I had coffee when I was 32 and I thought, my life has changed and I, <laughs> and I really do like it and it's good and I – Probably have two or three cups a day. Wow, really? Oh yeah. Oh, I never even noticed. First yeah. thing in the well, first thing when I wake up in the morning, go down, get a cup of coffee, and then I uh-huh. sit in my prayer chair, got my icon before me, and I, you know, start my day in prayer with a little bit of coffee, talk to the Lord, mm. listen to Him. And then usually one when I come in here, like right around now midday, and then one after lunch. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then if I have it after that, then I'm up all night. So tea after four. Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't notice because you have that green. Sort of travel mug. Gift, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't notice what's in there. It could be anything. It could mm-hmm. be vodka in there. <laughs> it's a Manhattan. Yeah, it's five exactly. o'clock somewhere. No, it's not a Manhattan. It's just coffee. Uh, you'll be glad to know this thing that I want to do is sort of like something extra for one. I, I want to read more. I don't read enough, oh. and so I've been trying to read like a, a you know a chapter or something before I go to sleep at night, which has actually improved my mm-hmm. sleep. Yes. Also, I'll tell you. One of the things I missed most in my first year back from Rome was reading, and I didn't mm. I didn't think I had the time to do it. And what I found was I wasn't making the time to do it, and it actually slows me down, relaxes me, and it's just a really good habit. And it's so different than just reading tweets or reading yeah, – uh, I'm holding is. my phone up to show Mike. I know you can't see. Or, <laughs> um, you know, little Instagram captions. But actually having a book, sitting in a chair, putting the phone down – and reading is uh, it's a great experience, and it it's good for the soul, and it does help you sleep because yeah. it calms you, and you don't have that blue light shining in your face. Yeah. So that's a great thing to do. Yeah, to and I've read. been yeah, and I do use a Kindle, so I, I usually try to put it on like the low light mm-hmm. version, so I don't really get all the blue light all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, so I am going to try to do that. But I did read an actual book recently. Uh, David Halberstam wrote a book called Firehouse, which mm. was about the firefighters from 9-11. You know, and yeah. so that's something special for me um, from home. And I really enjoyed it. And it was not a long book. I said, let me try Let me try to read not a long book uh-huh. <laughs> to start. And then I think I'll gain some kind of, okay, I read a book. Okay, now let's try to read another one. Um, so I made a little list of books. You'll be happy to know one of the things I thought I could read and should read and I've never read or Flannery O'Connor's short stories. Oh. And so I said, ah, oh, Father D is going to be happy to hear this. Yeah, that's good. I, I'm interested to see what you think because yeah. they can be harsh, but they're, it's, it's, it's grace at work. Yeah. And it's for the sake of healing ultimately. She never writes violence for violence's sake. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I know enough about you know, about the background, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be like, okay, I better prepare myself for some of this. But in in general, I think I'm going to enjoy it. Um, but my friend Bob Wicks uh, wrote a book called Night Call. He was here in the diocese recently for with our lay ecclesiastical yes. ministry folks. Good guy. And um, I, I interviewed him recently for my Five Questions show. And um, and he wrote a book called Night Call, which is about like a series of little he, vignettes. Yes, yes. He gave it to us last yes, year, Yes, that's I think. right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, so I said, I said, okay. So those those are two things that are short enough that I think I'll gain some confidence, and maybe I'll try some some more challenging stuff as we go. I also have to read for class, so it's mm-hmm. you know the, that's required stuff. But it's not it's not the same kind of reading. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When you're reading for class, it's more you know textbooky type of stuff. It's not like reading a novel or a short story or something like that that I could kind of really throw myself into and, and mm-hmm. let my imagination run wild. Yeah, I'm I'm back to 
I'm not back to my Rome level of reading, but I'm back to reading a lot again, and I, I really enjoy it. The book I'm currently reading, I found thanks to Cat Power. Now, Cat Power is a band. Well, mm-hmm. she it's her moniker. Her real name is Sean Marshall, and I've been following her for a while. She posted a clip of Flea, the bass player from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who just landed in Australia for a tour, and he's sitting there like crisscross applesauce on in a pair of orange pants on his <laughs> hotel bed, and he's showing a book. It's a new interview uh, from a, a rock star named Nick Cave. Nick Cave plays in a band called The Bad Seeds. And he gives like a two-minute book review, and he does drop one cuss word in there. So if you watch it, just know that that's coming. But everything else is so good, and he's so convicted by this biography of a guy who had lost his son and then Mm. came back. Um, He's not full on board with this Catholic faith, but boy, he's talking about some of the most important things. And I find biographies fascinating, and it's a fun, fun read. I actually sent the... um, clip to Dr. Andy Sterin, oh, yeah. who you've, you've studied with. He's teaching a course um, on Augustine right now. Yes. And we I had a dinner with him recently at the SEM. We were talking about Augustine, so I sent him this, and I ran into him at breakfast this morning at the seminary, and he said, isn't it amazing the power that biography has on people when they hear a witness or a testimony? And here's Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers holding this book. <laughs> I think Sean – I forget the interviewer name. We'll, we'll figure it out in the post, the, the show notes, but – yeah, I love reading. And it and what you just said is true, and we haven't said this enough. It's actually good for the soul. Yeah. It's feeding your intellect. You don't want to read trash. You want to read good books. Yeah, you know? biography is probably my favorite genre, actually. I just like reading books about people, right, mm-hmm. you know, who are fascinating. You mm-hmm. know, I'm like, I'm like, back in my sports days, I used to – couldn't wait – for a player to write a book, you know, mm-hmm. with some, usually with somebody, right? Right. Um, but I always said, this is probably going to be fascinating. So I've read a lot of those. You've read Springsteen's Born to Run. I have, yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And then, like, I remember seeing the Broadway show. I was like, oh, this is a lot. This is pretty much the book. But, with music. But with music, mm-hmm. yeah, which was great. His How- Howard Stern's interview with him was also very good. I yeah. Was, you know, Howard Stern's a great, you know, say what you want about Howard Stern, but he's a great interview. <laughs> he's a good interviewer. I mean, he knows David Letterman's doing. a great interviewer. Yeah. yeah. They ask, they ask the right questions. Yeah, right. that's right. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah. All right. And then, uh, you know, a couple of notes from friends. So uh, Busted Halo has a Fast Pray Give calendar every year. So they give you every day something to fast from, something to give to, mm. something to pray for. Cool. Um, so my friend Elaine had said that she really liked doing that, you know, a number of years ago. So she might go back to that. Um, the best one I think I ever did, and I was really faithful to it, and it was really hard, was I gave away something every day for 40 days. Oh. I've done that impartial now. Like every once in a while, I so said, what's something really hard? A material thing? Or like yeah. you can't just give away love or forgiveness? No, like, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that... right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it had to be something hard. And uh, and my my friend my friend Phil did this in Texas, and he so he inspired me to do it. And um, like he gave away his favorite pair of cowboy boots, mm. and I was just like, wow, that was really hard for him to give away, you know. And so I've given away like you know books that have been special to me, like little trinkets that people have given me that, and I and I tell him, look, someone important gave mm-hmm. this to me, and now I'm giving it to you, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Um, I gave away I had a New York Rangers jersey, it was like a real one that someone had gifted me, and. Um, one of my students had really inspired me um, to kind of go back to the gym and lose some weight, and I had lost a bunch of weight, and so had he. And I gave him the jersey. Oh, and he cool. goes, and his, his thing was, wow, he goes, this is a pretty big jersey. I don't think it'll fit either one of us anymore. Mm. <laughs> and I said, you can frame it. And he mm. goes, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So it's great. Um, 
but those were you know things that are hard to give away, and and I had to tell them why it was hard to give away, and we we put it all on video, and then I just asked them, "What are you doing for Lent?" Mm, and then they, cool. would, they would talk about it, and so that was probably the best one that I did, and the most creative one that I did. My friend Kevin had said um, he gave up sarcasm one year, and he said it would have been easier to give up chocolate. <laughs> I was like, "Yep." Same for me. I remember when I learned that the sarcasm literally means from the Greek, the tearing of flesh. And I thought, oh, man, better take it easy. Yeah. Mm, I'll keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, So anyway, so that's Lent for us. Uh, Hopefully, you know, we'll put together um, some of the things that that we're doing in the show notes. And then um, some of the resources that we gave you as well for Lent, uh, as well as for uh, Marriage Week here, National Marriage Mm -hmm. Week. And... uh, our church this week, we're going to, so we're getting ready for nine nights. Correct. Start on March 17th. Correct. Yes. St. Patty's St. Day. St. Patrick's Day. And it'll run nine days. Speaking of St. Patrick, that's where we're going to go today. St. Patrick's and Thompson. I've never been there, so what's going on I there? was there once. Father Scott Goodfellow was just oh, yeah. installed as the new pastor maybe a month ago. He's also the pastor of St. Mary's in Chardon. Right. It's one of the older churches in the diocese, and... It's a drive. I was going to say, it's way out. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's on the eastern border of our diocese. You probably don't have to drive too far to get into Youngstown. Mm. But really cool community out there. And, you know, we like to do nine nights at parishes maybe people haven't been to. And also parishes where there's a new pastor. So that parish has both of those things going on. So maybe one of the nine nights, take a drive out to Thompson and, and check out the church. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful place. The sanctuary is really gorgeous. So Yeah. A couple other things that are coming up on April 1st, which is the day before Palm Sunday. Well, it's April Fool's Day, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, we're In Lakewood, we're going to do a four-church pilgrimage. So that's uh, St. Luke's Transfiguration, St. Clement. Clement, and St. James are the four. And then we'll go back to St. Luke's for lunch. So we'll do a little loop around Lakewood. Um, and so it's similar to what we did last year with the seven-church mm-hmm. walk, which was a little long and, um, you know, not not necessarily a little far, but, like, it, it took us a while. It like was we, great, though. We were, it was I'm absolute, not apologizing. It was absolutely great. I'm not even apologizing yeah. either. Um, I'm saying we listened to what people yeah. said, and they said, well, maybe we do four next year. And there's so many young adults living in, in Lakewood yeah. that this is a great way to work with those who uh, are in the faith and maybe – Get some people interested who aren't like, hey, where are you going? We're going to this church. Oh, I've never been in there. Come on in, you know? Yeah, yeah. So mark your calendars, April 1. Mm-hmm. And then on Holy Thursday night, we're talking uh, – we're now talking to pastors around the diocese about keeping the churches open. So we've marked 21 churches, right, 7 I by just 3. put a, a letter to all 21 pastors in the mail yesterday asking them if they'd keep their parishes open to 11 p.m. that night. So hopefully they all get back and say, of course we will. And then we'll be posting the, yeah. the names of those then parishes. Then we'll post those ones. But we're going to hopefully the, you know, invite people to try to visit seven churches on Holy mm-hmm. Thursday evening. Yeah, uh, You know, and you can drive to those. We're not expecting you to walk late at night to those places. However, I think I was thinking about it. If you started in Tremont, yeah. you could walk. You could go John Cantius, Wendelin, Emmerich, St. Pat's, St. Malachy's. And then go walk to the cathedral in St. Peter's. Yeah. And then you could, you could, you, if you wanted to do, you wanted to do walk, it. you could do it. But yeah. you probably want to take your scooter or your skateboard or your car. Yeah. I'd go the other way. I'd start at St. Peter's to the cathedral oh, okay. and go back around the other yeah. way. Oh, well, you know. Yeah. Everyone that's has. That's because it's on my way home. Yeah, that's the only okay. reason I'm saying that. 
<laughs> in our readings for this week, the sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time. Hey, let's take a look at Sirach on the first reading today. I like this, just this little couplet. Before man are life and death, good and evil, whichever he chooses shall be given him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, a lot of life does come down to what it is that you choose, and the, the Lord has great respect and reverence for our free will. It's something he will not take away from us. But at the end of the day, you get what you, you choose. Yep. So you choose life, you get life, you choose death, you get death. Yeah, easy easy to choose one or the other, but you got to go with the consequences. Mm-hmm. Right? Good, the, the, the good and the, the two, like, good and evil choices are often, like, the easy choices, I always think. It's the choice between two goods mm-hmm. that I think is a lot harder for folks to make. Yeah, and sometimes when the evil appears good because maybe it brings some, some pleasure, which sure. is a good but momentary and then to make a distinction between like apparent goods and genuine goods like what's really good for you not just eating the chocolate but man your health in the long term that's harder yeah yeah not just watching crap tv but good tv correct Mm -hmm. there we go back to lent see it all comes full circle on the show man you're good (laughs) so thanks for joining us i'm mike hayes i'm father damien ferentz this has been question of faith we'll see you all again next time